This is The Space Shot, episode 212 for December 12th, 2017. Oscar 1 and Space Policy Directive 1. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. I've got one piece of space history today, as well as some background on a type of satellite and some space news. I had to amend today's episode a little bit to include coverage from yesterday's press conference for the announcement of the Space Policy Directive 1, so that's why this episode's coming out a little bit later than I had intended. First, let's start off with some history. The Oscar-1 satellite launched on December 12, 1961, aboard a Thor Agena rocket from Vandenberg Air Force Base. Oscar-1 is notable because it was the first amateur satellite to be launched into space, as well as the first sub-satellite to be launched along with a primary payload, in this case a reconnaissance satellite. The primary payload, which was Discoverer 36, was designed to test systems that could be used for nuclear explosion detection. OSCAR stands for Orbiting Satellite Carrying Amateur Radio, and all this satellite consisted of was a radio transmitter that broadcast the message HI in Morse code for 22 days. Oscar 1 was battery powered and it had one nearly two foot long antenna that transmitted until the batteries were depleted. The satellite body was made out of magnesium, which is exceptionally strong and lightweight. The satellite was created as a volunteer project, and the entire material cost, not including the parts that were donated, was only $68. I'm linking to a PDF from the American Radio Relay League about this first amateur satellite. It looks like this article was translated and reprinted from a German amateur radio website called Funk Amateur. This website used to be a magazine, but now it's available only on the web. Since we're talking about small amateur satellites, I think it's a good time to talk about some satellites that are used by schools, companies, and even amateurs. I'm talking about small sats and CubeSats. These small satellites are now quite common since they can be launched in a variety of different ways, either as secondary payloads with larger satellites, as a primary payload, or even from the International Space Station. There are some different types of classes of small sats. The FIMTO satellite is the smallest, and then it moves up to picosatellites, nanosatellites, microsatellites, and then a mini satellite. The weights for these small sats start at 0.001 kilograms and go up to 180 kilograms, which is nearly 400 pounds for the largest. CubeSats are nanosatellites that have a standardized form factor with one U representing a cube that measures 10 by 10 by 10 centimeters. CubeSats can be different sizes, ranging from 1U, which is the standard base unit, up to 12U. I'm linking to a NASA website that details these classes of satellites, and it also shows some pictures of different CubeSat configurations. One of the CubeSats I'm excited for is LightSail 2, a CubeSat that holds an experimental solar sail. LightSail 2 is due to launch on a Falcon Heavy sometime in 2018, and it's a project of the Planetary Society. 
Another notable launch of CubeSats was back in February of 2017 when 88 Dove CubeSats were launched from India by ISRO for Planet Labs. The launch of 88 satellites at once is a record, and I'm sure in the coming decades that record will be broken as more companies move into the CubeSat market. Before we move into some space policy news, I do have one launch update. SpaceX has moved the CRS-13 launch to the 13th of December. The Falcon 9 that's due to launch tomorrow launched initially for the CRS-11 mission about six months ago. This flight is notable because it's using a refurbished Falcon 9 as well as a refurbished Dragon capsule. There's some really cool pictures of the first stage of the Falcon 9 available that I'm linking to in the show notes. SpaceX used to touch up the cosmetic condition of the rockets before flying them again, but this time it left the exterior looking a bit dirtier than normal. The directive I'm signing today will refocus America's space program on human exploration and discovery. It marks an important step in returning American astronauts to the moon for the first time since 1972 for long-term exploration and use. This time, we will not only plant our flag and leave our footprint, we will establish a foundation for an eventual mission to Mars and perhaps someday to many worlds beyond. On Monday, December 11th, President Donald Trump signed Space Policy Directive 1, which changes the direction that NASA was on for human missions from asteroids to going back to the moon as part of an international and commercial effort. Longer-term exploration on the moon is the goal for the short term, with Mars set as a horizon goal. I want to read one part of the statement from yesterday before we end today's episode. Quote, The moon is of interest to international partners and is within reach of America's private space industry. The United States will work with other nations and private industry to return astronauts to the moon, developing the technology and means for manned exploration of Mars and other destinations in our solar system. Under the new space policy directive, the United States will help drive the burgeoning domestic space industry, bring new knowledge from the cosmos, and spur incredible technology. It's an interesting set of goals, and we'll see where this new directive takes human spaceflight during Trump's years in office. NASA's funding ultimately dictates the reality of the programs that are undertaken, so it's going to be interesting to watch the budget process to see where the money ends up. I'm working on getting a few people together for a discussion of Space Policy Directive 1, and I'm hoping that episode will be available in the next week or so. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I appreciate all of you that have left reviews for the podcast. It really means a lot to me, and it does help even more people find the show. If you leave a review, screenshot it and send it to at John Molnick's pretty much anywhere on the internet, and I will send you a Space Shot sticker as well as a little thank you. While you're at it, make sure you hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss any of the daily episodes. As always, the show notes have more information on today's episode. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnick's. I'm always up to chat. You can also connect with me on Facebook. Just search The Space Shot or click the link in the show notes. Tomorrow, Pioneer 8 and Relay 1. I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.